Greetings, gente puente. In today's show, Brittany Garcia from the Diocese of Knoxville shares about a retreat to help Hispanic young adults discern their vocation. Then two, they really understood Mary as our example for all of us of how to say yes to the Lord's will, even when we don't have all the answers. Um, just saying yes, but not having all the answers for how this is going to play out is a really good example for all of us when we know the Lord's calling us to do something, to be brave in that, to say yes, trusting in His goodness, that He'll show us the way when the time comes. This episode is sponsored by the Vocations Office of the Claritian Missionaries of the United States. You can find a transcript of this episode and links to information about our sponsor and all the resources mentioned in today's episode at pattycc.com slash 29. Si prefieres español, puedes encontrar un resumen en español de la entrevista sobre cómo ayudar a los jóvenes a discernir su vocación y todos los vínculos de los recursos mencionados en patycc.com diagonal S29. I'm Patty Gutierrez from Patty's Catholic Corner. Our team serves Catholic ministers like you who want to connect with the Hispanic community. We make your ministry easier by sharing best practices, resources, and encouragement through this Gente Puente podcast and our Facebook group. And we help you focus on your ministry through our Catholic translation services. Get a quote today at pattycc.com slash services. Brittany Garcia is the director of Hispanic Youth and Young Adult Ministry called Pastoral Juvenil in the Diocese of Knoxville, Tennessee. For those who listen to the intro episode of the Gente Puente podcast and know some about my background, you'll notice when she shares about her background that we have a lot in common. We had no idea until we started preparing for this interview, but she, like me, is not of Hispanic origin, served in, as a missionary in Ecuador after college, was then invited into ministry by her bishop, and married a man from Mexico. It's like we're living parallel lives. <laughs> in her current role as diocesan director of Pastoral Juvenil, she developed a retreat to help young adults discern their vocations, together with an intern she mentors. And during this interview, she shares all about it. It was a very successful retreat, especially with Hispanic young adults, and it can be easily adapted to your local reality. And in true Gente Puente style, she is generously giving away all the incredible resources that they put together, so you don't have to start from scratch. In the show notes, you can find her outline of each talk, schedule, out handouts, and even down to the decoration ideas. After you listen to the interview, check out all her resources in the show notes at pattycc.com slash 29. Let's dive into my conversation with Brittany Garcia. Welcome, Brittany. Thanks for coming on the Gente Puente podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Patty. Sure. I'm going to start us off with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we come before you so grateful for the many blessings you've given us, especially for the gift of serving in your church. We know we are not perfect, and we thank you for your mercy and for choosing to work through our broken humanity. Lord Jesus, you prayed that we would be one as you and the Father are one. Pour out your Spirit as we strive to be gente puente, uniting the body of Christ. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in us the fire of your love. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, Brittany, I really appreciate you taking the time to come and talk to us. But before we dive into the retreat you're going to share, can you please 
tell us a little bit about yourself, about your background, your vocation, your ministry? Yeah, of course. I'd be happy to share. So my name is Brittany Garcia. Garcia through marriage, not as my maiden name. My original maiden name was Kepke, which is German descent. And I have Cherokee, German, and English blood in me. So uh, Spanish is my second language and also second culture. Um, I've been married for a little over a year now to a wonderful man. His name is Pedro Garcia, originally from Michoacan, Mexico. And um, I grew up Protestant. It's a fun fact. So I've been Catholic for six years now. And best decision of my life to come on over, <laughs> come home to the, the Roman Catholic Church. But uh, my, my background growing up was evangelical Christian. And I found myself in, working in Pastoral Juvenil as a coordinator. I work in the Diocese of Knoxville. And it was mostly by invitation. Um, our bishop, who's a very down-to-earth pastoral bishop who knows his sheep well, uh, had invited me to consider taking on this position after I came back from a 14-month mission in Ecuador. I was a Catholic missionary over there um, serving in La Isla Trinitaria. So when I came back from that mission, uh, he said, hey, you're back. We're glad to have you in our diocese. And would you consider continuing your mission, but here in your own diocese in this particular way? So um been working in the diocese in Knoxville for about three and a half years now. Nice. Thank you. Are you there? Are you from there in Knoxville originally? Yes, I am originally from Knoxville. So born and raised. Great. Can you give us an overview of the fiat retreat that you did and who was it for? How did it go? Yes. So last year in April and May, we piloted uh, and invented a retreat. I have a coworker who is a ECHO apprentice through the Notre Dame McGrath Institute. And she serves here in our diocese, mostly focusing on young adult ministry. So we partner together. I serve as her mentor in, in, uh, for her program. So we meet together weekly anyway, and we really wanted to do something in, in response to the Synod that was talking about young people, discernment and vocations, and also World Youth Day, who had the same theme of this Marian theme of may it be done unto me according to thy word. So fiat in itself is referring to Mary's yes to the Lord, yes to do his will, that agase en mi según tu palabra, may it be done unto me according to thy word. So we really wanted to offer something for the young adults to participate in what was happening on a national and universal level with this theme of vocation and discernment. So we developed the Fiat Retreat, and it was for young adults. And we offered one in uh, for Pastoral Juvenil in Spanish and one for young adult ministry in English, just modifying some of the, the talks and activities, but keeping with the basic theme. Uh, so this Fiat Retreat, we organized around the, the stories of the visitation and the Annunciation. So Luke was our guiding principle for, for this retreat, Luke 1, 26 to 56. And we broke up the five main talks based on um, Mary's experience as, as she said yes to the Lord. So in the first part, the first talk was uh, realized and it focused on identity, who we are as sons and daughters of Christ, our deepest identity. And in the second talk, we focused on 
listening. You know, when after the angel Gabriel told Mary what she was going to conceive and who she was going to conceive in her womb, and she said, "May it be done unto me according to thy word." She she took it to to prayer. Was really listening to the words of the angel. So we talked about the importance of personal prayer in sacramental life and discovering your vocation. Um, and then we went on to understand understand what does this mean. So after Mary heard these words of the angel, contemplated them, um, she discerned what what could this mean for me? Um, how do I live out what the Lord is asking of me? And so we focused that talk on discernment. How do you discern well? And hit on some Ignatian spirituality, um, some tips that we heard from Father Mike Schmitz on how not to miss your vocation by living in a state of grace, doing your daily duties, praying every day, those kinds of things. And in the, the fourth talk, it was focused on the visitation. Now Mary takes action. She's heard, she's prayed, she's discerned, and now she does something. She goes to serve her cousin Elizabeth. So we talked about the importance of not just staying in that discernment phase, but really taking a step forward in whether that be going to visit a convent, a come and see weekend, or asking that girl out on a date, or whatever it might be. Take one step forward and the Lord will continue to his, reveal His will little by little as he did with Mary. And then the fifth talk was on proclaim. So we focused on the Magnificat, um, that Mary's vocation was her path to holiness. Um, well, Mary was already holy, right? But she ex- exemplifies for mm-hmm. us how your vocation is meant to lead you to holiness, but also to happiness in that She's singing a very joyful praise to our God for all the wonders he's done in her life. And so likewise, how can we radiate that love of the Lord in our lives, in our vocation and the things he calls us to do? So um, that last part really focusing on no matter where you are at in your vocational journey, how can you proclaim the Lord with your life and sing a song to him, if you will, in the way that you're living your life? So. Um, that's just a really mm-hmm. rough overview of how we broke up the yeah. retreat um, and focused on the vocational theme. Yeah, sounds great. Let me ask a few questions that came to mind. Who did you say the retreat was for? What ages? It was for young adults, 18 and up. Most of the participants were 18 to, to mid, up to mid-30s, but the majority were in their 20s. Okay. And specifically for single people who are still kind of discerning what vocation? Mm-hmm. Yes. Specifically for single young Great. adults. Mm-hmm. And did you say that you did two separate retreats in English or Spanish in Spanish or they were combined and split by language or how did that work? We did two separate ones. So in April, we did the one in Spanish because it was an entire weekend. We started on Friday night and ended on Sunday at three o'clock with a closing mass. Oh, okay. And so because it was an entire weekend, and so many uh, talks and activities, it would have been too much to go back and forth with uh, um, translating. Mm-hmm. And so we just decided to have two separate full weekends. So um, in May, we offered a similar retreat in English, again, modifying a few things like dinamicas, the games that were offered, and some of the reflections um, to meet the different needs of the, the cultures and the community we were serving where they were at. So we did modify it a bit, but 
held to the general themes. Yeah, thank you. So you said that you based everything off the gospel. And then did you say that Father Mike, his part or the part that you shared with from him was videos or how did you say? Not so much videos, but it was just in our talk mentioning on those um, points. It was something that we got from a video from him but then used it in a talk. Oh, okay. So just mm-hmm. concepts that came from yes. Father Mike. Gotcha. And are there any other resources that you found helpful as you were building the retreat? Yes. So we had a time for silence and there we had about an hour and a half. So we used a, we had a whole table full of ideas for these young adults of how to use that hour and a half well. As you know, a lot of young adults are not very familiar with uh, silence anymore. I mean, you get in the you get in the car, you turn on your radio, you get home, you turn on the TV, you've got earbuds everywhere and things and messages all the time, and um, and so this was really a protected time that we wanted to offer them to just be with the Lord. Okay, we're talking about vocation, we're talking about His will for our lives, we're talking about prayer. So let's. Let's actually spend some time talking with him and getting off what's on your chest, what's on your mind, your struggles um, regarding this topic or um, anything that's just weighing you down from being able to enter deeply into this time of of reflection and prayer about what God might want for your Mm -hmm. life. And so we offered this hour and a half, but gave some resources for how to use that time well. One of my favorites was the 50 ways to pray that is written by a... Um, a blogger from held by his pierced hands and it's only in English. So I I translated uh, quite a number of them about 25. So we had 25 ways to pray at the Spanish one (laughs) and the the 50 ways at the, at the English. But um, that was a resource for just creative ways to pray uh, and use this time by writing a letter to God or um, by going out in nature as we held this retreat at a retreat center So it was in a beautiful country area that they could go out and be in nature and and um, find things that were refreshing to their their spirit, uh, different psalms that you could pray with. And it had a whole list of ideas. So um, we did that. We also had some saint cards that they could pray. We had confession going on at that time. We had... Um, other resources such as a reflection by Mother Teresa on silence and um, the Stations of the Cross. We had outdoor Stations of the Cross, so we had booklets there for that. And just a whole lot of different resources we put out on this table of giving them plenty of ideas of how to use this time well, personally engaging with the Lord in prayer and, and going before Him. And um, we also had art out so that they could color. Uh, it was coloring with the Psalms. Um, So it was a a verse of a Psalm and then it had a really intricate picture that they could use fine tip markers to color. So for those creative souls Mm -hmm. that, that they might um, be inspired to, to just be with the Lord in that way. So we tried to provide a lot of different ways to, for the vast variety of spiritualities that, um, different young people have. Yeah, that's a great idea. Would you say that the retreat had the impact that you were hoping for? Or can you share with us a little bit about the success that you saw? Yes, uh, I think we were really happy with how it all turned out, especially uh, at the Pastoral Juvenil Spanish retreat. 
we had a lot more interest, just sheer numbers, and also a lot more guys. So we had mostly males at that one, like 75% male. Wow. So that was also surprising. Um, and so a lot of young people just really searching. So we've had from the Pasadal Juvenil, I know three young adults who were actively discerning their vocation to religious life for their priesthood in a very serious way by taking those active steps we talked about to, to meet with a spiritual director or to meet with um, the priest in charge of vocations in our diocese, um, some young ladies who decided to visit convents or go to come and see weekends. And so that was a fruit that that I saw that I was really thankful for, um, that they took it to heart. And yeah. also some young people who were not living a life that that was going to lead them to marriage, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but was actually hurting their future marriage by the way that they were dating or the way that um, the hookup culture had offered something to them. So we also saw some conversion of hearts uh, for young people who who confessed, you know, I was living like this, um, but I made a change after the fiat retreat. And so again, another beautiful fruit um, that hopefully will play out in their future marriage or their future Uh, boyfriends and girlfriends relationships with them yeah we will return to my interview with Brittany in a moment but first i wanted to tell you more about the sponsor of this episode the claritian missionaries if you are helping young people discern their vocation it's always helpful to have information about great religious communities where you can direct them if you know of a young man between the ages of 18 and 40 who is on fire with god's love and wants to spread that love wherever he goes I hope you will consider suggesting you check out the Claritian Missionaries. They are a congregation founded in Spain in 1849 by St. Anthony Mary Claret, and they currently serve in over 70 countries with about 3,000 priests and brothers, bringing the good news to the people who need it the most, using all means necessary. You can check out more about the province of the United States and Canada at myclaret.org. There is even a quiz that a young man can take to see if the Claritians are a good fit for him. Then he can enter accompaniment, where one of the two vocation directors will take the time to walk with him and help him discern his vocation further, to figure out if the Claritians really are a good fit, or help him look for the community that is a better fit. Head over to myclaret.org to find out more. Now let's return to my conversation with Brittany. Do you just know these individuals and that's how you know that? Or is there some kind of follow-up that you've had some kind of seguimiento? Yeah, so I know all of them from the parish groups, the pastoral juvenile groups. We did have a couple new people who I hadn't met come, but thankfully the majority of them have gotten plugged in and gotten involved with parish pastoral juvenile groups. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm able to follow up with them in other events that we've offered um, or when I visit their parishes, mm. pastoral juvenile groups. So yeah, there are personal conversations that they've had with me. Um, we haven't had a particular follow-up for just the fiat retreat, so but rather follow-up events, uh, different pilgrimages and other retreats or other activities that they're able to to then join in. Mm-hmm. Great. You had mentioned that you would maybe be willing to share some of the things that you developed for this retreat for others that might be interested in having one similar. Yeah, yeah, I could um, share the the general outline that we had created or developed for the retreat in hopes that it could be useful to someone else. I think it's very adaptable. Uh, the one important message I think that at this time is really important to to guide young people in what is a vocation. We talk a lot about it 
um, but a vocation with a capital V in the sense that that it requires a covenant uh, with God and something that's different than a job and that you can't just quit it. And, but rather when you enter into a, uh, a covenant with the Lord through the sacrament of holy matrimony or as a religious sister in a community who's taken final vows or a priest, it's not something that when the going gets tough, you're able to just walk, leave, right? Mm-hmm. Or um, oh, I feel called to this now. <laughs> right. uh, well, once it's, it's your vocation, capital V style, that's your path to holiness. That's your path to holiness in the way of being faithful to it. And so um, I think that these themes are really important to cover, but how you, how a diocese or a parish decides to do that is very adaptable. Um, I do think there's a lot of confusion out there about for example, what's the difference between a religious sister and a nun, you know, and the difference of a cloistered vocation versus being active in the world or a monk and a friar in the same way. And and just knowing what all the different paths are, I think is helpful for one being able to then discern them. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if you don't know that yeah. they exist or what they really mean or what they really do or, oh, that might be really boring to live that life. But once you can see that the beauty have some faces of saints who've lived that out or um, people from your local diocese. For example, at this retreat, we did bring in a sister from our diocese, a religious sister to give a talk. We had a priest friar with us. We had um, on Skype uh, a lay consecrated that was able to share her journey and her vocation as a consecrated woman to the Lord, but a living as a missionary um, and celibate for the kingdom. So we, yeah, so we tried to incorporate um, faces of people living beautifully their vocation. We had a vocations panel and there was a married couple who came in to talk about their joys and trials of their vocations. And we heard it also from the sister and the priest. So I think that's what's really important to put, help these young people, young adults put faces uh, to the names of certain vocations and to have this space to ask questions and what does your life look like on a day-to-day basis and hang out with married people who, who haven't gotten a divorce, but push through the trials. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important to then be able to choose for themselves or to take it all in and, and see what attracts their soul or attracts their, their person, um, what's moving within them. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Um, remind me what you said about the colleague that developed it with you. She's an intern, did you say? Or what is her role exactly? She's an apprentice, an ECHO apprentice. apprentice. The, the name of the program is, is ECHO. And basically it's through the Notre Dame, University of Notre Dame. And they'll send, we have three in our diocese right now, for example. The other two are in a parish helping out. And she's on the diocesan level. So they'll assign a mentor to each Echo Apprentice. So that's our relationship is mentor apprentice. But she, her first year, we kind of do ministry more closely together. And then the second year is meant to more divide and conquer. And so her focus has been young adult ministry the second year of her two year commitment through the program. And it's also a part of their master's program to get a master's in theology. Mm hmm. Gotcha. That's really nice. That's a neat program. I was going to say, so you and the apprentice 
created the outline and the five talks and uh, based on Luke's gospel? And then did you divide them among the people that you described from the different vocations? Or did the two of you give the main talks and then those panels and discussions from the different vocations was a separate item? Or how did that work? Great question. So we had an outline for each of the talks already to help with the flow of the retreat and also had in mind kind of where we wanted uh, the different speakers to to take the talk. So we gave them a, mm-hmm. a paragraph of important topics to hit on in their hour-long talk or 45-minute talk. And so we did ask, invite different speakers, um, showing a wide range of different vocations uh, to give the different talks. And then we also contributed with one of the talks. But we were helping with uh, the different activities so that they weren't just hearing our voices, but yeah. rather the voices of a lot of other people in, um, in vocations. Yeah, that makes sense. So you've already shared many of these things, but is there anything else that you haven't said that you think was one of the contributing factors to the success, something that really helped to make it uh, have such an impact? Um, well, I also think the community that was formed, particularly speaking of the Pastoral Juvenil retreat that we did, there wasn't before this one a retreat offered for young adults in Spanish in our diocese. So this was the first ever retreat. There's been lots of events and activities, but no retreat in our diocese. So the fact that they were able to come together, they really gelled um, over the course of the weekend. And some of the, the fruits of that um, experience together was that they created a song that on the last day they sang it in front of everyone, but there was a small group of them who stayed up late one night creating a song of praise, basically that said, "Quiero dar el fiat de con el sí de María." I want to give my fiat with the yes that Mary gave. You know, with Mary's yes, I want to give that fiat too. Nice. And so, one, it showed they really understood what fiat was, and two, they really understood Mary as our example for all of us of how to say yes to the Lord's will. Even when we don't have all the answers, she didn't know how bearing the word become flesh in her womb, uh, how that would play out. All she knew is she would be his his mother and Joseph would be his uh, adoptive father. But she didn't know what that would look like three years from now or that they'd lose him in the temple one day. And so um, just saying yes, but not having all the answers for how this is going to play out is a really good example for all of us when we know the Lord's calling us to mm-hmm. do something, to be brave in that, to say yes, trusting in his goodness, that he'll show us the way when the time comes, right? So um, anyway, I think that was one of the reasons, just community being formed, it gave space for them to to feel comfortable, to ask questions, to be together, to, to hopefully continue that uh, accountability to call each other on forward in their vocations as they got to know each other so well that weekend in hopes that, that those friendships will continue. And they all know that they've all heard about um, how to say yes to the Lord with your daily life, as well as when the time comes to enter into a covenant that you can also be brave to tell him him yes in that, that way as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Is there anything that you learned that you would change for the future or that you would give as advice to someone else who's going to try a similar retreat? 
Again, I think the most important thing is to involve a variety of speakers that can speak to different vocations that they're living. I think that would be my biggest advice. I think that was one of the the most helpful parts of the retreat is that they got to see faces of people living it out. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like an incredible experience. Is there anything else related to the retreat that you wanted to share? No, I think that creating that that retreat's purely focused on saying yes to the Lord's will and not necessarily entering your vocation tomorrow, but rather practicing saying yes to Him every day and what He calls us to do through the Ten Commandments or through the Beatitudes uh, is a practice for saying yes to Him one day in a bigger way. And I think that's just something really important for young young people to begin to live out and especially the generation that has a lot of fear with commitment and fear of mm-hmm. of a marriage that might fail from seeing so much hurt from families um, that they grew up with or things that didn't work out in their family. I think there's a lot of fear. And so having time to talk about the joys and the blessing and, and a picture of the love that the Lord calls us to, a picture of uh, a hope that can be and happiness and holiness and striving for that and that it won't all be perfect, but it's a goal that um, that we're all called to, a vocation that we're all called to and that of love. And so I think if there's any way that, you know, parishes or dioceses, uh, youth ministers can implement something um, in regards to vocation and talking about what it is and what it is not, and also expose them to different vocational options. So they can begin to discern. Uh, we also realize on a, on these retreats that a lot of young people that participated have had a lot of doubt or years of doubt, questions unanswered regarding vocation or what the Lord wants for them in their life. So also giving space to ask questions or teach them how to discern. How do you know if this good thing you want is from the Lord or or not and how to take a step forward. Um, a lot of young people are really confused about how to even know if it's God telling them to do something or not. So uh, discernment, I think, is a huge, huge topic. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, thank you very much. It sounds like it was an incredible experience and I'm sure really helped the young people that were there to find their vocation or to at least start making steps towards that. I'm sure that a lot of people will be able to use that example and you have a great, all kinds of wonderful ideas for how to implement that. So thank you for sharing them and being willing to share with the listeners resources that you've developed. I want to ask about your ministry more in general. One of the goals on the Gente Puente podcast is to create community and encouragement for each other and find ways to support each other. So I want to ask you, now that you've been in ministry, even though it wasn't your career goal, (laughs) you were called into ministry by your bishop. Um, What would you say is something that you've learned in these years of being a leader in ministry that you could share with other leaders? Well, I think that when I first started out, uh, I was truly trying to give it my all and I still try to give it my all. But one big change that that has shifted is in going at ministry 100% and giving it your all um, there's a lot of insecurities that that surface, especially on a diocesan level. There's so many needs. There's so many parishes. There's so many young people. So just that sense of mm-hmm. overwhelming, uh, like, am I doing enough? Am I doing it right? 
like there's so many young people, how can I do better? And after an event or after a talk, you know, rehashing and kind of reliving, oh, was, yeah. oh I should have said this or I should have done that. And I think a big growing point in me, especially as a, as a young leader was to learn to do everything with love. And if I do it with love, it won't be in vain because even the smallest little things you can offer for love and giving the rest to the Lord's hands, really learning the difference between being his instrument rather than trying to fill the shoes of him in every way. Right. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, and I think that was a huge lesson and it also helped a lot with stress, you know, when you no longer feel it's all dependent on me, but rather Mm -hmm. I offer the little I can, I offer, uh, the, the, the much that I can give as well, but here's what I offer Lord and, and fill in the gaps. Um, and to just rest that in his Mm -hmm. hands, that for me has been a game changer, uh, at least for, uh, my perspective and attitude and peace in regards to being a leader in ministry. Perfect. Thank you. Before I let you go and we wrap up, could you give some words of encouragement for a minister who might be listening that maybe has hit a wall or is feeling discouraged or burnt out? What would you say to them? For someone who's feeling discouraged or burnt out, I would say make sure to take it to the Lord to make time for yourself in your personal life. If you're living as a single person to make time with friends, if you're living in a vocation of marriage to make sure you're having enough time with your family. Um, but in the moments that I found I was really stressed or, or burning out is because I wasn't one making enough time for those personal relationships that feed me and also prayer, which also of course feeds my soul. So going back to the fountain from which all the, these good things flow, um, the one that refreshes our soul to make sure we're ha- you're having enough time uh, in prayer with Him before the Blessed Sacrament, in Liturgy of the Hours, in daily readings, um, whatever is your style for for prayer with the Lord to make sure that you're able to find that space, that silence, that time. And also to know that you're not alone. <laughs> I think every person who's served in ministry ever <laughs> has at some point felt that they just couldn't do it anymore or burnt out or that it's too much or that they're alone. And so just know that you're not and look for those people around you who could maybe be that source of encouragement on a more day-to-day basis or a weekly basis, uh, a safe place where you can um, vent frustrations or ask for solutions or whatever it might be, but really build a support system around you and not feel guilty for doing that, but feel empowered that you're, you can, you need that. And it's very human. And, um, that ministry is no different from in that regard that we still need that. <laughs> um, so that would be my advice. Mm-hmm. There's be people who might make you think it's never good enough or never enough. And just know that in the eyes of the Lord, um, how he sees you and the deep love that he has for you. Remind yourself of that every day. Amen. Thank you. Would you close with a prayer for all those who serve the church? Yes, I'd be happy to. Um, If it's okay, I'd like to close with a prayer from Mother Teresa. It's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's Mother Teresa of Calcutta. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. People are often unreasonable, irrational, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. 
If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some unfaithful friends and some genuine enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and sincere, people may deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. What you spend years creating, others could destroy overnight. Create anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, some may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today will often be forgotten. Do good anyway. Give the best you have and it will never be enough. Give your best anyway. In the final analysis, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this time. I thank you for the ministry uh, that Patty offers through this podcast. And I pray for all the listeners, Lord, that you you know their needs, all their individual needs. And I ask that you um, pour your grace over them and comfort them in their times of trial and in their times of joy. May their cup overflow. And I pray, Lord, for all the, the young people that we serve, that your message of hope, truth, and love can reach their hearts. I pray that we can be instruments to guide them on your path and also guide them uh, to be able to say yes to you when you call. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Brittany, and thank you for taking the time to share with us and to share your expertise and experience. It was a pleasure. Thank you. What an awesome interview. Here are some of the key takeaways for me. Number one, start with the basics. I love how the talks that they developed are deep enough that they can help anyone go deeper in their vocational discernment, while at the same time they covered the very basics of our identity as sons and daughters, descriptions of the different vocations, what is discernment and how to discern well, and providing opportunities to hear about how people are living out their path to holiness in the different vocations. Sometimes our discernment programs are geared toward people who are further down the road of discernment, but there are so many young people who need this first step of exploring the concept of vocation and discernment in general first. That's why I think this retreat would be so good for other diocesan offices or even parish young adult ministries to provide for their young people, or several religious communities to come together to host a retreat like this. Don't forget you can find outlines of all the talks in the show notes at pattycc.com slash 29. Number two, incorporate prayer and silence. Of course, prayer is an essential piece of discerning God's will for your life. It's important to teach young people how to pray and give them a chance to actually experience it. I especially love the idea of the table of ideas of how to use the time of silence effectively. She gave such a variety of styles and inspiration. Most young people don't have much experience with silence, so I'm sure that element of the retreat is something that they will return to over and over in their lives. Remember, you can find her suggestions and handouts for this time of silence in the show notes at pattycc.com slash 29. Number three, involve others. As you know, if you've been listening to this podcast, as Gente Puente, we are really big fans of Pastoral de Conjunto, a style of ministry that brings people together to share their diversity of gifts in communion. 
Brittany and her intern did a lot of the work designing this retreat, but then they invited a diverse group of speakers and panelists to each share their gifts and perspectives, even using technology to connect some that couldn't be there in person. I know this helped the young people get a much better sense of what it is like to live out the different vocations. Number four, our vocation is our path to holiness. In a society that discourages commitment in favor of keeping options open, the idea of choosing a vocation for the rest of your life can seem daunting or confusing for some young people. Many confuse vocational discernment with deciding what their career will be, as if religious life, for example, is just one of many career paths to choose from. I love the emphasis that Brittany puts on our vocation being our path to holiness and happiness and teaching the young people that once they have found that call, the way to become holy is to be faithful to that vocation. And this is best modeled by the sharing she described from people who are actually living each vocation faithfully, who can share the joys and struggles of that faithfulness and giving young people a chance to ask questions. Number five. You are God's instrument. You are not God. (laughs) I think all of us at some point in ministry step back and realize that we're trying to be God instead of serve God. We're trying to do everything and be everything to everyone. And of course, we're failing at it. Those who persevere in ministry and do it well come to learn like Brittany described that we are to be God's instrument. We need to stay close to him in prayer offer what we can in love, and be faithful to his call, and then let God do the rest. St. Anthony Claret can give us some guidance here too. In his autobiography, he said, I took great care and worked energetically, as if everything depended on my work. And at the same time, I put my trust in God because everything really does depend on him. Again, don't forget to check out the Claritian missionaries at myclaret.org to find out more about them and to share their quiz with young men who may be called to their missionary vocation. I hope you found my interview with Brittany inspiring and helpful for your ministry too. Please consider sharing it with other Catholic leaders you know who want to help young people find their vocation. Make sure to visit the show notes page to find all the great resources we mentioned and others at pattycc.com slash 29. The next two episodes will explore the idea of what it means to be gente puente. I'd love to hear what you think of when you hear that phrase and whether you feel that you are gente puente. Just come join our Facebook group for Catholic ministers to join the conversation. Look for the learning unit called Introduction to Gente Puente. We would love for you to join our online community of Catholic ministers who want to encourage one another and share resources that we have found helpful in our ministry. Come check it out at facebook.com slash groups slash Gente Puente. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to Gente Puente Podcast on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or your favorite podcast app so you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening today. May God bless you and your ministry as Gente Puente. Gente Puente.